Hello and welcome to the Proceed podcast, the podcast where we delve into the world of SAP data management. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today we're talking about legacy data. What options are there to better manage your legacy data? I'm joined today by Robert Rubin, the Managing Director of Proceed Group and the subject matter expert on all things legacy data. So let's get started. Hi, Robert. Hi, Rebecca. Great to be here. Great. Thank you. Okay, let's get started. So um, I've got a couple of questions I'm going to run through with you today. And the first one is, what do we mean by legacy? Well, that's a good question in itself, because when I first started working in this area, to me, lots of people talk about legacy systems, and they meant old systems. So, you know, people thinking about rooms full of very large computers in black and white photographs from the 1960s. But actually, we're talking about something slightly different here. What we're talking about are systems that an organization was using, but now they're using something new. But they're keeping that old system because they need to keep the data. So that's their legacy system. And then they've got something else that's now doing the same job that's, that's replaced it. Okay, so you just mentioned there that um, businesses are keeping these, di- these systems alive to, to, to maintain access to the data. Can you talk a little bit about why that, why that is? Why would they need to keep access to this data? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, they absolutely need to keep access to data. Otherwise, they would just turn these old systems off and decommission them, get rid of them. Life would be very very simple. Um, Now, in general, businesses have got responsibilities to keep data. So whether it's because for some business purpose, they want to keep the data for a number of years, you know, they might want to look up sales records from years ago or or look up uh, when they paid suppliers or what the warranty is on certain products. But they might need for business to keep that business data for a number of years. And a lot of this data isn't put into a new system when they move into, the, into, a, new, uh, into a new system. Um, so it can be for those reasons, but also they might have a legal reason or they might get audited or they might be regulated. If they're in some sort of regu- regulated industry like uh, pharmaceuticals or nuclear power or maybe they design aircraft and they need to keep... Um, data for specified periods and quite often it's you know could be as simple as seven years or it could be a lot lot longer but because they need to keep this data and the data is not put into the new system they have to keep the legacy systems okay so is it just through um data digital transformation sorry that businesses would accumulate these legacy systems are there any other reasons Uh, Well, that's one reason. So we come across a lot of organizations that have got one or two legacy systems because they've implemented something new, like maybe they've implemented um, success factors for their HR systems, but they kept an old SAP HR system in place because that's got a lot of data still about employees who are no longer with them, which they haven't put into the new system. So there's quite often examples like that where there's one system being kept and maybe one or two or three have built up. But other organizations we deal with have grown by acquisition. So as they've bought other companies, maybe even through some mergers as well, they've acquired lots of systems. So we also see organizations which have got many more, like 20 or 40 or 60 or 80, or as I say, really large organizations, hundreds of legacy systems. And it's a real challenge. So it's, uh, you know, it's something that we see is you know, a major issue across the industry and something that 
not all of organizations know what to do about. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the specific challenges or risks to businesses for you know, to keeping these, this, this, these legacy systems alive? Well, it's interesting because sometimes you talk to organizations and there's a real cost focus. You know, some of them are very expensive. Um, sometimes some of the maintenance costs are very, very high. So they're paying out you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds a year for these systems, which is a, you know, is a big impact. But often that's not the primary reason. Often they're, they're more concerned about other issues, like sometimes these systems are running on a whole old levels of hardware and software. They're getting to the point where they're no longer supported anymore, which itself is a business risk. Now, by that point, they're probably not getting security updates from the various vendors. So then they've got their cybersecurity teams telling them that there's a real risk in using these systems or attaching them to their, their networks. So we quite often come across organizations where for all these reasons, reasons, they're not even turning these systems on very often. Yeah. And then when they do turn them on, they're more worried about whether they're going to come back or not. So you build up a series of risks like that. Um, and then there can be other reasons like um, they're not keeping up with the latest regulations or legal requirements. Like the system may be developed years ago, it's not GDPR compliant, for example. So there are lots of reasons why there's a series of risks around keeping older systems. But at the same time, organizations aren't always enthusiastic about investing large amounts of money to go and address these problems because it's only a system containing legacy data. Mm-hmm. And so could you give, do you have any, and you don't have to name the companies, but do you have any um, case studies or examples uh, uh, where businesses have faced significant issues or negative outcomes by you know, not addressing this issue? Yeah, pretty much all of the organizations we talk to when they're doing projects for um, in this area. So you know, I'm thinking of one organization now that we're working with at the moment. It's got about 40 legacy systems. And again, there's really major costs there. So that's a mix of about half and half are split between SAP systems and, and other, other systems. And that's where we see some of the really high maintenance costs, more on the non-SAP side, actually, in some of the the um, kind of one-off vendors they've dealt with are charging them a lot of money. So there's very, very high costs in those, those cases. Other organizations, quite a few we've dealt with where they maybe have one or two, are certainly the ones we're really concerned about turning them off, <laughs> whether they come back again, about the fact that they are non-compliant with lots of, um, with, they're, not, they're not getting security updates, they're not getting um, support from the vendors, uh, and are seen as a real business risk. And actually, one we can talk more about is um, is Dutch Rail, uh, a customer we did a project with over the last couple of years, and in fact we, we're potentially going to going to do quite a lot more for. So the the national rail company in in Holland, but also they have um, franchises in several other European countries. They're really a very large organisation, and like other transport companies, they were hit really hard during COVID. Um, so their revenues massively decreased initially when lockdowns were put in place and effectively almost zero and then very slowly came back over the last few years so a really big impact to the business which drove them to look at cost that drove them to actually prioritize doing something about their legacy systems because like many other organizations it was something they they knew that they should go get around to doing something about but never been the top priority the cost focus really drove it to the top of the list and we then went and helped them do a project to take out a couple of legacy systems, and now they've got a, a, a roadmap going forward with where they've got a set of further systems as they become legacy uh, over the next few years, they're going to go and apply the same 
methodology and use the same solutions to go and uh, decommission those and realize further savings. Mm. Okay, yeah, so that's an interesting external factor that could Im impact a business. Um, are there any specific industries or, or business types that would be more inclined to maintain a legacy system? Well, there's certainly types of industries where they've got particular regulations. Um, so they will be the ones keeping things for longer. So something like pharmaceutical companies, if they've developed uh, drugs, they need to be keeping the, that information about those drugs, uh, not just the makeup of those drugs, but exactly where they sold them to in specific batches, uh, really detailed, detailed information going uh, probably for 50 years or more because there could be some impact on human health that they might need to go and refer back to. So the examples like that, examples like aircraft design or aircraft engine design, where again, often there are planes flying now that are using technology that's decades old. Organizations need to be keeping that, uh, and yeah, nuclear safety. There's a, there's a set of industries like that which will need to keep data for a long time. So generally they're the ones that understand this area, have done more research on it, and have got a plan to do something about it. But otherwise, uh, at the core of it, where most organizations need to keep data, probably have some legacy systems, is pretty much applicable across the board. Mm. So we certainly find you know, a whole range of industries where organizations are coming to us now and asking for, uh, for help with how they go and do something about them. Mm -hmm. And can you talk a little bit about what businesses can do about it? So obviously they can, they, the answer is to decommission these systems, get rid of them. Mm -hmm. But what's, um, what can they do with this legacy data? What other um, options do they have? Well, actually, one answer is they can just keep the legacy systems. They don't have to get rid of them. Right? But as we just discussed, there's a set of reasons why it's, you know, it's expensive and there's some risks with just keeping them going. And usually, again, as I said earlier, they don't really want to go and invest in moving them to newer versions of hardware and software. And sometimes if it's an old application, they actually can't. So you know, that means that keeping the legacy system as it is actually isn't very practical in most cases. You know, and at the other end of the spectrum, just turning off the system and getting rid of it isn't practical either because you need to keep the data. So that's where we start to look at different different options. Right? And there are all sorts of ways you can deal with these kind of legacy systems and keep the data you need from really simple, simplistic solutions to um, others that have less risk but cost a bit more. So we've seen everything from organizations trying just to simply go and you know, virtualize in some sense the application. You know, in the old days, it'd be virtualizing on-premise and turning, turning it off or hibernating it. Uh, and these days, it'd be moving it to one of the hyperscalers and uh, again, in some sort of low-cost environment. But even in those kind of scenarios, you've still got all the risks, you're still running the application and all the associated software. And if it's out of support, then you've got all the risks going with it. So it's very much a, in a partial solution, not really fixing the problem. There are other things you can do, like um, effectively print out, say, say PDF, every possible report and store all of them. And we've seen people trying to do those things. But again, major risks that you may not be capturing every scenario you need. So you might print what you think are all the possible reports, but that's error prone. And when it comes to it, if you need some data that uh, one of those reports doesn't cover, you've got no way of going back and get it. So that's when we come across more specialist solutions that are designed for this kind of scenario. Of course, there's going to be some costs associated with doing that, but you're putting in place something a bit more flexible and designed to cover what these uh, requirements are.
So in, in the end, we're finding more organisations are looking at that kind of that kind of option. Okay, and can you talk a little bit about the solutions, the legacy data solutions that are available um, to customers? Sure. And again, over the years, we've worked with a lot of different solutions and really honed in on a couple because we found that they're most widely used by our customers and something that we think really does cover all the requirements. And one is SAP solution in this area. So a lot of customers we work with have already got this solution, which is SAP ILM or Information Lifecycle Management. So they may already be using that for archiving of live systems, um, but it actually has a whole, a whole separate use case around legacy data and can be used in this specific way to handle legacy data. So ILM is uh, exactly this kind of solution that can store legacy data and then provide reports and, on, and ways for users to go and access the data that they need. And we've also got a solution we developed in-house called, which we call Proceed Seller. Again, having worked with a whole range of different solutions over the years, we really saw a gap for something that was modern, uh, was going to have the right kind of features going forward. When we're thinking about data that needs to be kept for seven years or 10 years or many decades, we really, really want to have a solution that's cloud ready, has got a friendly user interface, is compatible or looks uh, similar to to SAP solutions like S4HANA. And that's why we came up with our own solution. And in fact, the two can be used together to provide the best of both worlds. So you know, we're finding more and more customers now are really uh, interested and starting to take on these kinds of solutions as ways to ensure that they are keeping the data that they need, that they can provide it to their, their business users in ways that are easy for them to use, and has got the fun of functionality and ability to you know, to be flexible for the future that they need. Okay, and so if we think about the a legacy data management project, some customers will be at the start of this journey mm-hmm. thinking about what they should do. How what what does that project look like? What are the what's the key to a successful later legacy data management project? Yeah. I think what people need to realize with these kind of projects is it is much more than implementing a technical solution. So there are some great solutions out there, as we just talked about, and you need people that can go and implement them successfully. Most organizations haven't seen this kind of solution before, so it's great to work with a partner that has done it many times and can implement that solution. That's that's fine. But also with this kind of project, you've really got to involve the right people in your organization who understand what your requirements are first of all, for the data. Yeah. So there will be people in audit or legal or in the business that understand what data you've got in your current live systems, exactly what you need from the legacy systems and how long you need to keep it for. Yeah. And, and that could have a degree of complexity to it. Yeah. What structured and unstructured data is required? Do you need to take all the data out of the legacy system or a subset? So that, that's a, a big part of the discussion we have before. So almost more of a consultancy exercise Let's understand what data you need. How's that fitting with the various regulations and laws and audit requirements that there are? How's that fitting with what your business needs? And then across the business, what do the users need to be able to go and do their jobs and deliver on those kinds of important requirements? So it's it's critical to bring together that kind of experience with the technical implementation because the actual project then, once you've you've defined all this really well, is straightforward. Uh, there's extraction of the data, there's setting up of the reports, 
Um, there's implementation of the actual solution. There might be some, you know, some work, whether that's in you know, a vendor's environment, if it's a cloud solution, or it's in the customer's environment, if it's on their uh, on-prem or in their own, their own cloud setup, there'll be some you know, technical implementation to it as well. And then towards the end, there'll be the need to involve some users uh, to go through a user acceptance testing exercise and some final handholding around the solution, hypercare type solution. But that typical end-to-end process, that's kind of the key steps to think about in terms of a project. Okay, thank you very much, Robert. That was the last of my questions. But if you do want to find out any more information about uh, managing legacy data, we have a wealth of videos on our YouTube channel. So I'm going to provide a link to that in the episode bio. And then finally, I have one final question for you, Robert. Apart from the Proceed podcast, of course, um, are there any other podcasts that you enjoy listening to? Um, well, actually, yeah. So during lockdown, I became a bit of a podcast fan. So I'd be going out for my walk that we were allowed to do and started enjoying a whole range of podcasts. So if I'm, if I'm allowed, can I name three? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Okay. So one I've just started listening to is called Nudge, which is really interesting, about behavioural science. Okay. Um, and all about how loads of different things around from how people influence to how they persuade people to do things, stuff that you could bring into marketing and sales. Um, really interesting stuff. Mm. So I just started listening to that, found it really, really enjoyable. Second one, I will give a plug to Sug Talks and Craig Dale's podcast for the user group. I've just really enjoyed listening to some of the customers he's talked to, hear about the examples of what they've done. You know, just gives great insight into their thinking and so the, um, some of the CIOs and other people involved in SAP that uh, he's interviewed, really nicely done. And one more. So as a Beatles fan, there's loads of Beatles podcasts I listen to. And there's quite a few really well-known ones, but a slightly more obscure one. It's called Winter of Discontent, which is the same recordings that we use for the, the Let It Be or the Get Back film, which turned into eight hours on Disney Plus that all Beatles aficionados really enjoyed. But there's a lot of tapes which that was sourced from, which is like, I don't know, <laughs> days worth of recordings. And this guy's got you know, all of them and just talks a little bit of commentary and you listen to the whole thing through episode by episode. And if you're at all a Beatles fan, I just I think you'd enjoy it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's loads more, but three for you. <laughs> Great. Thanks for narrowing it down. And especially the, the podcast Nudge. That sounds really interesting. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, okay. Thank you very much for your time then, Robert. It's a pleasure. <laughs>